to, uh, I've got a great subject this morning. Really, really good subject. Subject is me. I want to share heart a bit with you. Um, because I, I think, I believe, that what God has been doing and stirring in me is not just for me. We've always um, worked on the principle, uh, the biblical principle of, of leadership. Uh, we sometimes use the phrase where God wants the sheep to go, he first takes the shepherd or whatever terminology you like to use. And I think that's something that, that uh, I'm feeling is happening at the moment. So I want to share with you um, on that. Uh, it's not really a, a teaching, uh, but I think it's, it's something of, that will result in a direction. I do not like August. I just, just don't like August. I'm not really very strong on seasonal things, but there's some certain connotations of bereavement in the past. But, you know, everything's different and everything changed. And so I'm thinking, all right, I'm talking to myself. All right, John, it's, it's just because it's August that you're feeling kind of yucky, sort of, you get up and go, went up and got up and went, and that, that kind of thing. A kind of discontent. Now, having said that, we had a great time in Zimbabwe, uh, in the States, um, and really felt God with us in this recent trip into Peru. And in the interactions and different things, I mean, it's not that, it's not that God is not at work amongst us, but it was something that, I don't know. So I'm putting it down to the fact that, you know, I don't like August. And uh, is it time to escape somewhere or something like that? But I've now come to realise it actually wasn't anything to do with that. There was a, a discontent, uh, a dis-ease that God was and is stirring in me because he's looking for something else and has got something more for us. You know, when something goes on for a long time, I talked to you about this a few weeks ago uh, when we talked about the siege. It, it can be um, more draining than the sudden onslaught of something. Um, you know what I mean many of you understand what I'm saying those of you that have faced uh, problems that seem to go on for a long time or particularly issues like mental health issues that you just doesn't seem to be any way through or any solution it kind of it, it is really wearing and I think that it's very easy to kind of somehow miss God in it. You know, you get focused on the issues and the intractable problems and the things that are not happening. You can, it, it, there's a wearing down. But what's the, what's the answer? What's the solution? You know, um, it certainly isn't shouting hallelujah louder. That don't seem to do it. Um, and it's certainly not about looking on the bright side of life. You know, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps or something like that, I think is the term used to be used. But somewhere in God, there's a, there's a, do, a, a different way of thinking. There's a different way of looking at things. And this is a conclusion I came to. I don't think it was a particular revelation. I think it's just the goodness of God. That actually, 
there's a time for me to have something fresh in my walk with God. This is not about ministry. This is not about the things we do. It's about the relationship we have. And it's an amazing thing. If you listen and look, there's often either in the context of some difficulty or crisis or problem that people have an amazing time of actually meeting with God. Or, in the extremity of that, sometimes there's a, there's a, a mercy of God that helps to look in a different way or look and think in something different. That's where the thankfulness thing comes in. So here's what I'm saying. Uh, I think this wasn't about me in August. This is about me receiving from God a stirring that that starts off with a discontent. Uh, not fed up with God, nothing like that, but just a, a discontent. Like a a desire or a hunger which precedes us maybe turning to him in some way and receiving what he'd always intended. You know, there's a, there's a situation about um, it's a lot easier to feed the hungry, you know, those who are actually wanting something. I think that sometimes uh, the... The, the danger of kind of settling in even what's good um, could look, can cause you to kind of sort of coast and, and, and just become kind of, I don't know, without that sense of, of, of Lord, what's next? You know, I think we'll look at it in a minute, but I don't know that the children of Israel... And remember, all these scriptures are given to us for our instruction in the now. Things that happened thousands of years ago are still there for our present instruction. I don't know that they woke up in the morning and said, I think I'm going to disobey God. I think that they came up with needs, desires, plans, which somehow didn't focus on what God was saying and doing, or didn't focus on the next thing that God wanted. It focused on the present. And we'll look at those uh, in a minute. As I was thinking about this, I began to think about people that had seen some great breakthroughs. I thought, wow, this is a, this is a kind of mixture. And... I want us in this time, I, I don't think God's finished with us on the spirit of adventure. And as I was looking to him about this, the thing that came to me was spirit of adventure, harvest. So here I am feeling... Yeah? Good job that's not got to be translated into two languages. <laughs> And yet I'm thinking, spirit of adventure, harvest. God has a plan for a, a, a more fruitful harvest. So it's kind of all mixed in, you know? I think, so, so what's happening? What, what needs... There's this discontent. So then... Next thing that happens is this. I'm thinking about Joshua chapter 3. Very familiar to us. Um, first of all, they're about to cross into this new face, into the promised land. By the way, I'm not a great uh, believer in this. It's all going to be wonderful tomorrow. You know, just around the corner, there's, there's, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, revival or whatever. I mean... I want it all the time. But 
this idea of of this hype thing that's always about you know it's just around the corner uh, it just doesn't doesn't work doesn't work for me and i don't really feel that it always carries integrity but this is what god was saying to them uh, consecrate yourselves as joshua 3 5 consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the lord will do amazing things among you but before that he said you'll know which way to go <clears throat> because you haven't been this way before <clears throat> so you're going to need to follow the ark now the ark is the representation of the presence of god so you've got to follow god it's very interesting if you remember he said don't get too close keep a distance and everybody had to follow the ark and not getting too close was about making sure everybody could see it so there weren't just the people that was close there that could see it everybody had to be able to see it it's two things that began to, th- to form <coughs> consecrate yourselves for tomorrow will do amazing things among you yeah. consecrate yourselves are you with me the kind of discontent beginning to feel it's not just my August mood but there's something that, that God is sort of stirring and consecrate yourself only has one meaning to me which is about coming closer to him it's not really about the things he's going to do. It's about me and him, us and him. And I begin to think about some of the things. You can look back, and I think it's very good to be grateful and thankful to God. We had a great conference, and the response um, all the way around was very, very encouraging. And Look at the stream of testimony we've heard and, and the things that are happening on, on a, a God-given basis. <laughs> There's an awful lot to be thankful for. I never want to lose sight of that. But, you know, I was talking... Uh, Jamie, can you come? I was talking to Jamie and, uh, and to Avril and I was saying, just, just run through for me again some of the things that we're kind of thanking God for, but also looking at, at what's happening around us into the future. I think this is important that we see in context about what we have before us, because we can, and I think it's right that we look back and be very grateful and recognise, and even this morning we come together the opportunity to worship together and see one another again. All of that we thank God for, but we're a people that are not going to spend our time looking back. And God deliver us from just settling where we are. Because if we don't move forward in the purpose of God, we basically end up going stale and declining. So what, what did you come up with for me? And so we're thinking about the... Uh particularly for me, my area's involvement would be youth and L&I. Um, so last January, we, we felt God set us some, uh, some faith goals, and that was that we would see our young people have a greater love for each other, um, have a greater hunger for God, have a greater passion to see their friends know God, and have the audacity to expect God to act. And so uh, we, we've seen God come through on each of those things, and... Um, even from what you heard last uh, Sunday when the youth were feeding back after Soul Survivor, that there was no age difference. There was no groups. When they went to somewhere, they went as one big, massive family. And we're just seeing God do things in that way. Um, the hunger for God, the, the excitement of getting into his presence is, is there. We're seeing more young people added to us, and we're expecting that to further increase and we did a whole series on having the audacity to expect God to act, and we're seeing a real hunger to, to, to see that. We've actually started a, a new little activity called Give It a Crack. So if you um, grab a young person later, ask them what Give a Crack is, and um, they'll be able to tell you about the challenges that we're putting to begin to see God come through. 
But um, just a, a couple of other stories that have happened recently. Um, Ethan's been in and out of hospital this last week with, with his asthma um, really playing up. And on, on Friday night, we're saying, well, what, who's got a, f- a level of faith that not only does Ethan not have to experience a bad week every year, that he could be healed of asthma? Who's going to pray for that? And it was actually um, one of Ethan's friends that had come uh, declaring himself as an atheist, led us all in prayer for, for Ethan's healing. And so we're just seeing these things, like, okay, let's, let's get things into God's, God's timing here. But also, while he's in hospital, Ethan's meeting another young, young guy that's about to join St. Edward's School, and he said, well, let me introduce you to, to, to the young people in our youth group. And you're just seeing that wherever God puts these young people, whatever issues they're going through, we're going to use it for profit. Um, a few of our young people um, got mugged over the park. And I'm thinking, well, okay. It's almost like both these things seem to be at a bit of an attack on our young people that have just declared what God's doing for them, their excitement. Let's now use this for profit. Whatever the enemy tries to do, we're going to turn that around because that's what God does. You intended this for harm. God intends it for good. And so what is the difference we're going to now see? That our young people will not cower into their shells because of experience this. But just reading some of the things that they were writing on Friday night, I thank God for the protection. I thank God that there, there were police nearby that were able to, to get involved. But also that, I, that opportunity that God shows, did you trust me or did you just trust because everything was okay? Now you've experienced when things aren't okay, this is an invitation to trust me. That's a prophet out of a situation that should have been um, stealing peace. It's actually going to breed peace. And so we're expecting to see more of these things as we go forward. Um, and then in regards to, uh, just adding to, to Godfrey, um, a number of you had the opportunity to, to mix with Godfrey while he was here. And if only you could see what you were planting in his life. He's returned to um, Mozambique, and he, he said, I just realized I don't hang out with my other leaders. So this, this week, instead of having a meeting, we're going to go to the beach and so I'm getting all these pictures of him on the beach with, with these three other leaders. So it was amazing. We just had time together. And then when one of the guy's sons um, was, was ill, it was the other leaders that bared, bore the weight with him. I think this is, this is seeing more of what we want to see. And um, the other day, he, he WhatsApped me and he said, you, in, in your reply to my WhatsApp, you didn't seem good. I'm going to call you and you're going to tell me what's going on in your life. I was like... That's fantastic. And um, sometimes you've got to really batter him with questions to try and draw him out. He accused me of working for uh, MI6, and I accused him of being a politician. (laughs) Um, But he he said the next day, he reflected on the conversation where I'm saying, okay, so what are you going to do? What's going to be the next step? He said, this is the type of conversation we need to have across the network. How are we going to do it? And I love that, that he's saying, how do we bring this to the network that we have that level of conversation over WhatsApp, over Skype, so that people aren't isolated and they are pushed to take the things that they're learning and apply them. And so these are, this is the foresight of the good things that God's going to be doing. Good, thanks, Jamie. And uh, just, just let me pick up a few other things, just looking at what's going on. I don't know whether, I didn't expect Daniel to be here because he's away on shortly, but uh, have you talked about recently meeting with Chris um, Valaton and the MPs and things like that? No, okay. So through the, the sort of faith action and the contacts and different things he's had, Chris Valaton is one of the leaders in, uh, uh, from Bethel in America and uh, has a particular thing of, uh, speaking to leaders prophetically and it just can't organised it that uh, there should be a contact that Daniel had uh, that he was able then to introduce him to a couple of the MPs that, that he knows through his work and um, prophesying over them which is kind of to do with shaping the nation isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that something that we know that God's given us to do? 
And isn't it totally remarkable? I mean, who the heck are we? Except that God chose who he chooses to do what he wants. Yeah? And we just need to be picking up on that. Then, um, Avril, with the contacts to do with building community, um, amazingly has had this opportunity now to, um, for us to, to have a round table event um, where we're going to presenting to people from across the country, key people, policy shapers, funders, practitioners, um, basically God giving us a voice into the whole issue of community, fulfilling what he's, what he's prophesied. And that's going to be um, hosted by one of the lords in the House of Lords and uh, supported and promoted by Number 10. Um, but, you know, that's, that's one thing. But amongst us, God's raising up people who he ha- who, to whom he's giving a message um, that will go wider than us. Um, right? We know, in, and we've talked about it in the past, uh, the things that Andrew... Uh, Tissard is doing in his work situation. Um, very, very key in terms of uh, operating into different fields. Lucy November having this opportunity uh, in the whole uh, maternal health area. Vic Morgan getting increasing opportunity. Penny again. Um, these are opportunities of God is fulfilling the things that he said he's going to do. Um, Carla, uh, again, uh, in her research and development, we're talking about kind of uh, tendrils going out uh, to fulfill things that God's saying. And uh, it is amazing, but our belief is it's to become more amazing in the light of what God's saying and doing. And I'm only just giving you a very quick little sample of things that are going there. Some of the things are intriguing. Um, The Queen has appointed Avril as a Deputy Lieutenant for Greater London. Nobody really has a clue what that means. (laughs) Other than it's to assist the Lord Lieutenant in his duties across London. We are intrigued to see what the heck that's about. (laughs) But, you know what? If it's God opening a door, we just want to walk through it, you know? And uh, I think we humbly receive all that God is doing and saying. So, kind of just grab for me a minute this thing about, I'm going to do amazing things. And you haven't walked this way before. So, consecrate yourselves. Now, let's park the amazing thing. Let's come to this consecrate yourselves because that's the thing that I feel that God is saying to me and I want to share with you I think there's two things in that one keeping sight of the ark I don't know having God as the primary focus however we like to put it coming closer to him but the other thing is the the softening of heart you know it's very easy to get, and this world calls it compassion fatigue. Um, I'm calling it, if our heart is not reflecting his heart, then there's something that's got hardened. There's like a crust that's built up. And I'm saying, for me, I want that, that softness of heart increased. I want that sense of... of closeness to God for his sake not, not for things even though there are all these things kind of out there and opportunities that we are engaged in every day but it's about coming closer to him James 4 verse 8 says if we come near to God he come near to us and I thought we'd done with Psalm 84 but I'm right back in it. I'm right back in uh, the delight to be in his presence. Uh, how lovely it is. How beautiful it is to dwell in his presence. 
You know, that psalm thing is just, uh, it feels to me as though there's things in that that God is not really letting us get away from at this time. What is the outworking of that? Well, let me just, let me just, because I told you it's all about me, yeah? Yeah, I know we're supposed to preach Jesus and we'll get there, but. I'm driving down the street and say, this street is filthy. The rubbish. And I'm really, I'm moaning about it. I want to catch somebody tipping litter and and I just felt, okay, that's one way of looking at it. But is there another way? And it, was, it, it started as a, as a heart attitude. And it was moving me from moaning and complaining into, what could I do about it? And then I found myself thinking about, I could collect it up. I can ask the council for somewhere to put it. And I thought, though no, that won't work because everybody and his uncle have come and dumped their stuff there. I don't have a plan, but I have a heart change. It may be I'll do nothing about it. That's not the issue. The issue is that there's a, a different way of looking at it. And I thought, am I going to continue to have severe blood pressure issues every time some ill-mannered selfish driver who I let out because they're trying to get out then does a three-point turn (laughs) in the road. I'm not through on that yet. I'm still ready to kill. But the challenge is hmm What does God want? Is it to become a big issue or is it something to resolve? All I'm saying is I, I don't have total answers on these things. What I do have is this to me is the manifestation because I think God is a very, very practical God. He's not all up here. Oh, well, I'm just sort of having... A wonderful time and I want us to have a wonderful time in the presence of God but I don't want us to be so up here that we're not down there you know um, I want us to be in a place where we're actually able to relate what he's saying and doing to the present real world in which we're living and dwelling I'm not satisfied but I'm grateful. Somebody asked me this a little while ago. Um, you know, sometimes you answer a question and you suddenly realise you've said something which you hadn't really expressed before. Very grateful, but not satisfied. Expecting more. Not about, is it going to happen tomorrow? But expecting more, expecting more of him. Do you know, here's what I'm saying, guys. More important than what we do is having that heart that beats with his heart. This desire, this hunger to come closer to him. This recognition that I can't settle here. That there's something more in our relationship with him. Not actually, and hear me carefully on this, it's not something we can strive for. Oh, well, I'm going to pray more. I'm going to read the Bible more. I'm going to praise more. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, striving won't help us. If we try to do it by effort, we'll get weary pretty quick. This is something that we can, It's God that's at work. God is stirring something. God is saying there's something more. There's a place of relationship. There's a place of closeness. There's a place of freshness. You haven't reached... The zenith of that. And of course, we see that in the scriptures. Paul said, you know, forgetting those things which are behind, I press towards the mark of the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There was something more to be going for. And that's where I want to be.
Think about this hardness of heart for a minute. And I'm leading up to something. Uh, you need to be kind of engaged in this. I'm going to ask you to pray for me. Just so you get ready. And you know what you're praying for. That's a bit off, isn't it? You're supposed to be ministering to us. Yeah. Just think about the children of Israel, just to, just to see, because hardness of heart can creep up on us. And if we're in a situation where it really doesn't matter what's happening to my brother or what's happening in God's world or what's happening in this situation that we've tried to help in a number of times, that to me, it's like, well, I'm not disobeying God. Hmm. Huh. Really? We sometimes forget that the things that he gives us to do are just as important as the things he tells us not to do. We talk about sins of commission or sins of omission. I think we're more often in more danger of that. Children of Israel, Look what he had to put up with from them. The provocation in the wilderness, in the desert. They demanded bread at the desert of sin. Water, and this is his provision. Water at Massa. Then they sinned by worshipping the golden calf. Then in Tebra, they decided they wanted flesh. In Kadesh, they refused to go into Canaan. They'd seen miracles, they'd seen works, they'd seen his involvement on their behalf, the supply of manna, the crossing the Red Sea, in spite of all the goodness, there was still a hardening of heart which allowed them to miss out on his eternal purpose. Psalm uh, 95 says this, I'm reading from verse 7. Today, 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 if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah. You know, if you're engaging with me in this, guys, it's very simple. You just be asking, Lord, where does my heart need softening? Lord, have you created any hunger for more of you or a closeness? Because I want that fulfilled. Lord, to be honest, I guess I'm not totally satisfied with where I am. I would be open to the possibility that there is more, that there's more of you, there's more of closeness, there's more of love, there's more of relationship. There is a place of a softened heart. Do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massa in the desert where your fathers tested and tried me, though they'd seen what I did. It's a very, very serious thing. You know, the hardening of heart takes place, yeah, if we disobey, if we're deceitful, if we pretend one thing when really the truth is something else. You call it pretense, but it's no different to deceit. If you don't listen to what he's saying. Remember, the Bible always says it's the little foxes, the little things that spoil the vine. horrendous thing Israel basically tempted him tried his patience experimented as to how much he could bear kind of really pushed 
push their luck. And they saw his work, but none of that was enough. There's something that has to happen internally that cannot be on the basis of seeing just all what he has done. You know, if we resist God, our God, we're not talking about something over there, it's our God, our Father, we resist him. We're resisting our God. And basically, that leads to voluntarily, our choice is a hardening of heart. And we see it again in the New Testament, you know, the story of the Good Samaritan and the priest that, that just went by. Um, even, even in the extreme of the, when Jesus was crucified, the thief on the cross that says, if you're the son of God, then, you know, get me out and get yourself out of this situation. It's a hardening of heart. It just comes back to mind. I was in a meeting. I mean, I'm talking many years ago. It was like a young people's meeting. I wasn't leading it or anything. And the Spirit of God was moving in this meeting. And I resisted because I wanted to keep my cool. I wanted to keep my composure. That was a sudden thing. But the recovery from that was difficult because what had I done? I resisted what the Spirit of God was doing and it led to a kind of hardening of heart, a kind of tuning out of that particular wavelength. I didn't want to be in that place ever. That place was a hard place. I, 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 I want to have that softness of heart, that sensitivity which actually means that he can speak to us. What's a hard heart look like? Well I guess the failure to recognise who he is and what he's doing. Complaining, moaning, Not troubled by things that we see. Not prepared to act. I mean, for us, one of the big factors, let's face it, is going to be the level of concern for people who do not know him. The level of concern. We can get so used to it, so familiar with it, that... Is it a driving passion? Because they rightfully, everybody rightfully belongs to him. It's not so we can claim soul saved. It's about what he really is due. They rightfully belong to him. Like have awareness of others. In fact, sometimes we can, we can pick up the sort of negative in such a way as we're doing the, the PR job for the enemy himself. Speaking against faith and against truth and against what is and focusing on what is not. Blaming. You know the kind of phrase, yes, but in this situation we just need to be realistic. You ever found yourself saying that? Just need to be realistic in this situation. Really? Is there anything more realistic than hearing what God is saying? No. We have this phrase, and we've used it for such a long time without explaining it, that I feel the need to explain it. There used to be an old saying about... Um, um, bursting your balloon you know you, you'd have a balloon and or often it was a bubble and you, if you stick it with a pin you break it and I don't know how this came about but 
it be, we began to talk about we haven't just got like a, a pin, we've got like a huge great 10 foot thing because we're tending to wield that more readily than to kind of look at the possibility, the balloon or the bubble or the whatever it is that's positive, uh, bring it down to size. Uh, let's be realistic. Let's, let's live in the real world. And that can be a symptom of hardness of heart. We harbour doubts which then cause paralysis. So it's never going to change. What difference will it make? Well, that's all right for them. The danger again is we resist our God. Where the softened heart gets alongside, has empathy, cares for, has interest. And certainly has a renewed and refreshed compassion for the lost. You know, I spent some time a few weeks ago uh, studying how did Jesus reach people? And it, I would probably share something on that, but it was, it was very interesting. I looked at one or two others as well. How did Jesus reach people? And then I came back to this. First, being moved with compassion. Joe, you know, he reached people first because of what was happening inside. And the last thing that we need is techniques. If we haven't got that softened heart, that heart that's beating with his, that heart that's a result of coming closer to him. And that's where I want to be. Maybe some of you identify with that as well. What sound do you hear in your heart? When you hear about new things, do you hear yourself think the soft or the hard heart response? Could be a place of repentance, a heart that beats with his heart. See, the hunger that I'm talking about, the desire for change, is not about the things that we do, not even what we do for him. It's not about what we can achieve. It's about, it starts from the place of actually knowing that there's a refreshed and closer place with him. That's what I'm really talking about. I'm not talking about all the things that we could do. There will thing, things will flow out of that, but primarily about this place of him. Anybody willing to pray for me? Hmm? Thankfully, not only does it not work to, to try and drum up hunger, you know, the, the kind of background that I came from, that the, the pastor or the preacher was always painting a picture of all these people that are going to a lost eternity. And in the end, it just sort of went over. You got used to it. I'm not really talking about that. It will lead us to a concern. It's God. You can't do this. You can't drum it in. What's the Bible say? It's in Philippians 2.13. For it's God who works in us both to create the hunger, create the desire, as well as give the ability to do his goodwill. That's what I'm talking about. A God who will work in us. That's why I'm talking about praying. Thankfully, he does it for us. Of course, when we come to him, we come with humility. It's not about what we've got or done. If you look at a history of uh, the extending of the kingdom of God, you look at how many times revivals have taken place amongst poorer people because there's something about the humility there. Not exclusive, but often. 
in the end, I'm thinking, this is something, yes, we pray for. But in Acts 2, verse 11, it was praise rather than prayer. It was speaking of God. It's about a desire for his presence, not, not just the things that he does. Not about what I can do for him, but who he is. Psalm 27, this one thing I ask and seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Psalm 42, as the deer pants after the water brooks, so I pant and hunger and desire for you. kind of think that prayer rather than bemoaning or complaining might be the answer. Certainly love us to be the foundation for God so loved the world. That was the beginning of the whole thing. That's the beginning of the new covenant. That's the beginning of what we love, what, what we live under. For God so loved the world. I mean, it's because of that that he sent his one and only son. It, it has to come to that base. That's why it has to come from, from hearts that are renewed and refreshed and experiencing his compassion. Yeah, I know, asking, asking. Look, in Luke 11, verses 8 to 10, ask, seek, knock. What are they? Here's an English lesson for you. They're verbs in the present tense. Isn't it amazing you come here and get English lesson. It means a continuous ask, seek, keep on doing. Then there's a time. And sometimes God just, that hunger stirs in our hearts and it comes forth. Maybe in a prayer, maybe in a word. I've probably told you the story before, years ago in a Pentecostal church, where this mother, uh, in the early morning prayer meeting on a Sunday, she was going to get her son who wasn't following Jesus. He was going to come for some reason to the meeting that night. And she prayed for him. And I can't remember what she said. I can remember to this day that there was something that came. She touched God's heart because her heart was beating with his. This wasn't just a kind of mother crying for her son. This was, this was she picked up and lo and behold, he comes that night and that night, uh, we had this visiting preacher that was quite well known and he was very, very funny. We loved him because he always made us laugh and he couldn't make us laugh. He didn't try to make us laugh. It was like the presence of God came upon us because there was a touching of heart and of course this young man responded and committed his life to God utter transformation something about a heart that's beating with his and I don't know there's not a technique, there's not a way but, but a heart that is connected in tune with very key very important Lord of the harvest that adventure that's stepping out Here's the good news. And then I'm going to finish. It's like this. This is God. I feel that I've wandered a long way I'm not saying this now about me but it can be as I feel as I've wandered a long way and oh I've got to climb back up to get to that place and do you know what happens this is what happens this is God I turn and he's right there I might feel I've gone a long way, but he didn't. He's always there, one step. When we come on Tuesday, if you want to join in this, I want you to come.
with one step that you will take under God towards him, towards a greater closeness, towards a softening of heart. One step that he gives you. Because I am convinced that one step is, is the very, very issue and beginning because we cannot come to him, he comes to us. One step. I don't want, guys, I don't want business as usual. I'm not satisfied, I want something more. But it has to start with that place of softness of heart, that place of freshness in him. I want the presence of God that causes lost sons and daughters to come back, that establishes a new sense of the fear of the Lord in greater measure, that results in more of the supernatural, more of his presence. And in spite of all that we have and all that we've got and all that we've seen, and the past is good, but we want the fullness of God that he promises. And I think that nobody would disagree with me if I said, we don't really have that at the moment. We thank you for these times of refreshing in the spirit of God, in the presence of God, for being filled with the Holy Spirit. But according to everything we see in the word and what, what we know dwells within us, there is something more that God has for us. And that's what I'm saying. We're on a pilgrimage. We're still on a pilgrimage. We want greater hunger. We need softened hearts so we can represent him. Can't rest in the present. Can't live in the past. When I was growing up, my mother... Um, who I think had got saved in, in the, the 1930s crusades, George and Stephen Jeffries. All I heard about was about the wonderful miracles of those years ago. It didn't do a thing for me. Miracles that somebody can talk about 20, 30 years ago didn't, didn't do it. I had to have that experience of God for myself. I feel, my brothers and sisters, that this is where it's at for us. Yeah? I'm not trying to sort of, I don't know, pressurise God. But we want that he brings us to a place of alignment so we can access more of him. Anybody willing to pray for me? Hmm? that I want this place of closeness. Anybody else want that place? Any of you leaders? Let me just speak to the leaders. Any leaders say, yeah, I want that place? Yeah. Yeah.